Yeah, hi, I'm Sean Bunn, and I'm the Managing Director of uh, Empire Metals. It's an AIM-listed company, and uh, we're an Australian-focused uh, gold and copper company. And Austria in there too as well, I saw. Looking forward to hearing about that. Austria, <laughs> indeed. Right, okay. Um, so thanks for coming on the show. It's the first time we've met or spoken or, or heard about this story, so I kind of want to kind of get into the into the weeds with you a bit. But first of all, just kind of, can you give me uh, sort of background to the company history? Because if I'm, if I'm looking at the at the numbers and the, the, the number of sh shares out and the number of shareholder, institutional shareholders on it, there's, there seems like there's a story in the background. Well, you mentioned Austria, and I guess that's a good place to start. It's the foundation stone, if you like, of the company. Uh, some old gold, silver workings in the Austrian Alps that the company was looking to, uh, to move into development. The various reasons why that has uh, largely been put on hold. I think they're good assets. I don't think uh, the company is inclined to just just dispose of that at the moment. But what we are looking for, of course, is uh, is a way to get some valuation out of the uh, out of those old assets in Austria. We also historically were in uh, in Georgia and uh, had a copper gold target there, a, a Russian joint venture, quite a large uh, old Soviet resource that. Uh, that was uh, being explored, but for various reasons that that didn't proceed much beyond the early exploration phase, and uh, we got bogged down with uh, you know difficulties working with the joint venture partner and the local and the government. So I think historically we've had opportunities uh, to take things through exploration, uh, resource development into production, but we we have hit uh, you know external barriers or hurdles that we just simply haven't been able to overcome so in austria very difficult to get a you know a, a gold mining operation up particularly uh you know with their restrictions against cyanide use in europe in in georgia uh let's just say i think it's probably a, you know in hindsight now having moved out 12 months ago uh, certainly we're better for it because I think with the current, you know, Russian involvement, we would have been uh, been really struggling as a company to, to continue to move that forward. Right. Okay. So there's, there's a bit of history there. And obviously, we're going to talk mainly, uh, we're going to talk entirely about the Australian assets and how you're moving that forward. I'm yeah, looking forward to that. But just in terms of the kind of that kind of share register and cleaning up the balance sheet, et cetera, you, you're sitting with a whole bunch of institutional Shareholders as a result of that that history, obviously, you know, people like in, interactive investors and Hargaves and AJ Bell and Haywood and Halifax, etc. So there's a there's a lot there. They are kind of legacy shareholders from when I guess times were better in, in 2018-19. None of those people have suggested to you perhaps sort of tidying up that kind of share register, maybe doing a rollback or something like that, because it's. I know it's a very Aussie thing to have lots of shares out, but for, for an AIM company, it's kind of unusual, isn't it? it possibly. I don't think anyone's raised that particular issue of a rollout to us. I think what's happened recently is we've progressed towards refocusing the company uh, as you know an Australian-focused, uh, earlier early exploration-focused company. Um, yeah, I think the... Uh, you know, the capital structure that's come with that may not be the ideal one, but that's something for us to consider as we uh, as we get assets developed here in Australia. I think that's uh, a challenge 
the damn track. Right. And, and in terms of, again, the, the management's approach, because, you know, we'll talk about the team in a second, but the in terms of the management's approach to the balance of that share register, obviously, it's kind of quite heavily weighted towards institutional and for a small company, circa five million pounds, it, it, it's kind of un, unusual, but I get that it's because of legacy issues. Do you look to try and affect that? Is there any is there any sense that the institutional guys might be seen as a an overhang? Would they look to kind of get out as quickly as possible if they if because I, I suspect well I don't know maybe they're underwater maybe they're not but is is are those conversations that you're having with those institutional shareholders as to their intent? Well, I was in uh, London in uh, in. May, late May, early June, for a, a series of meetings with our, you know, with the, you know, many of our uh, major groups that support us, and certainly wasn't raised as as a major concern. That I mean, some of our bigger shareholders are, are staying with us and uh, are willing to wait the journey. I think there's a, a, a large trade at the moment. There's there's reasonable liquidity, but that's money you know, smaller retail turnover. And, and I think that's the challenge. I mean, just focus on that, if I may. We've re-established ourselves here in Australia. We're building a, a significant portfolio over four major, uh, you know, expiration camps, uh, early expiration phase on three of them. And I don't believe that we've been able yet to get that message out there to really... Uh, let the you know the day-to-day shareholders, the day-to-day punters, understand what what it is that we uh, we've acquired, what the future holds in terms of exploring and looking to uh, to develop something on one of these assets. And you know, I, I think with cash in the hand, we've got a significant cash balance. I, I believe we're well, we're highly un, you know we're very undervalued at the moment. To be honest, I think we. Um, you know, we've got to continue to push our uh, our focus on getting uh, progress on this on this new uh, exploration targets that we've developed here in Australia. Right, and okay, so talk to that. So how, I know you um, talked about a raise in in April, and the stock kind of um, shot up, not off the back of a lot a lot of trading, but it's you know shot, shot up to. I'm looking here. It says about you know two and a half p pence. Um, and then it's come sort of back down, so sort of settled back down again. So, how much money did you raise, and what was the message to the market at that time? Well, we were we were looking at uh, some pretty positive news coming out of our uh, Eclipse Jindalby project. We had uh, some really stellar high-grade intercepts around the target there that we had drilled for the first time. A, a, a target called Homeward Bound. Uh, you know, we were hitting three meters, uh, three to five meters over ten gram per ton. So it was, uh, you know, that that. That was clearly an exciting time for us in terms of making a, a significant step forward and putting a, a substantial gold resource around that area. We uh, we also had just only acquired the three other major assets, the portfolio I'm talking about, which is the you know the the Pitfield, uh, the Walton and the Staveley project areas that we've acquired. So, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about them shortly. The um, so there was an opportunity. Uh, there was a lot of interest in people coming in then to acquire some some stock, and you know I think it was the you know good timing for us, the right decision at the time, because now moving forward we can spend that money. We've got 
uh, you know, as of about June, we still have nearly three million pounds in the in the bank. Um, you know, we're well funded to get the exploration programs uh, moving uh, over the next uh, 12, 18 months, two years. So I don't see that we, uh, you know, we're not going to be stagnant and sitting here like uh, a frightened rabbit in the spotlight. I think we need to step forward and, uh, you know, do the work. Okay. Okay. Well, we better talk about the the plan then. Okay. So you, obviously, a, a, Eclipse was the thing that you were talking about back in April, May. You picked up um, Pitfield, Stave, and Walton since. It's a £5 million company. You do have three, well, as of the end of June, you had £3 million um, pounds in, in, in the kitty. So tell me about the business plan. You, you're, you're not a frightened rabbit. I get it. But what are you going to do? So the, the whole focus of us was, A, firstly, looking to, uh, to move or get a beachhead here in Australia where we believe that, you know, it's a safe mining jurisdiction. It was booming. There's a lot of opportunities to, to build a, a substantial portfolio and we're demonstrating that. So we, we added to Eclipse. We built onto that an adjacent license called Jindalbi, which was, uh, you know, tripled the size of the, uh, the footprint there. Uh, Eclipse Jindalbi is only 55 kilometers. Uh, just north northeast of Kalgoorlie, so we, uh, you know, we're in a good postcode. Uh, we know there's significant high-grade gold there, and it's been, you know, mined artisanal mining going back well over 100, 130 years with mining gold, high-grade gold from that region. Um, you know, nearly 30 odd thousand ounces with, at, at over 24 grams a ton has been pulled out of these old shafts by the, uh, you know, by hand, you know, hand chiseling and and you know. The old, the old boys. So we know in a high grade target area, what we, and we'll, we'll come back to, I think, to the eclipse story shortly. The plan was to build on that beachhead by bringing in a, a broader portfolio and not only broader in the sense of scale. So we went, we we're looking for scale. We moved from just under 10 square kilometers to seven, no, 1,728 square kilometres. So it's a, an area of, of exploration now greater than, uh, well, a size greater than, uh, you know, major, well, greater London itself, if you like. So it's a big footprint. That in itself doesn't get me excited. It's quality. We've got, uh, you know, with, with Jindalbi and, uh, and Eclipse, we have four completely different geological domains to operate in and we're looking for mainly copper and gold targets within these domains but that there is potential for other base metals so we uh if we look at pitfield for instance that's 300 kilometers north of perth here uh, where we uh, we have our office it's uh it's in an area called uh, the yander nuka basin and that's a neoproterozoic uh, basin. It's a very small little neoproterozoic occurrence. Uh, significant because that's largely where you see the major copper belts around the world. So, you know, the Zambian copper belt uh, up in the Fraser Range in the north of Western Australia have got mines like Telfer. So we know that this is historically uh, a productive area. There's an old copper mine uh, within a few kilometres of our licence. And uh, CRA, for instance, were operating in this area back in the 90s. They, uh, they identified a very large uh, copper anomaly across our license. So we know copper's there. 
what we don't know is, you know, what what's the origin, what's the basement look like. So uh, that's a key key area for us to move forward on. The Staveley is a, is is in Victoria. The Staveley Arc is a is a major volcanic arc from the Cambrian era. Uh, again, highly uh, prospective for copper porphyry and gold, orogenic gold. So that one is a very large holding that we've acquired in in a very very interesting location. Okay, but but but, but tell me tell me this, Sean, because um, you know companies of a certain size, you got you got to have a kind of clear vision about. What you are, you know, are we an exploration play? Um, how how do we fund this thing? You obviously you can go and raise money in in, in the market uh, with with equity, or you can JV some of these assets uh, and you know use someone else's balance sheet, or and whether that you're you know whether that's fifty fifty or whether you're carried on some component of it, you've got to work out how you move forward through the phases. Otherwise, it becomes a very expensive, dilutive process. So. What is it that you're trying to be with all of this land packers? Because you know the right postcode is good and neurology is good, but it, that's not enough. You got to fund this. You got to fund this work on this large land package. So, what, what's the plan? Well, critically, we we were able to do these acquire these assets without having to reach deep into pockets and spend a lot of cash. A lot of the uh, these deals have been done. We've still got a. a the original vendor is part of the deal, both technically and supportive in the sense that they, uh, you know, they're there as part of a joint venture. So the, the important thing is we didn't, A, waste any money in acquiring. Secondly, they are, as I said earlier, expiration uh, targets. So we will, we will approach them on that basis. There's no, you know, we're not going to say turn up with, uh, with, with drills and start drilling holes into these things uh, you know, on day one. We've done a geophysical survey over Pitfield. We've just announced and uh, really pleased with those results. Exceptional results, to be honest. Um, in, what, in what way exceptional? Why would you say that? Oh, we've got a we've got an extremely uh, responsive, a high magnetic anomaly. sits over about a 20-kilometre zone, which abuts right up against where we know the copper anomaly was. So the uh, you know those two planets have aligned, if you like. We're suddenly saying, well, hold on, there's something there in the basement, and where we see the uh, you know the surface copper anomaly start to dilute down, and it's not so significant, is simply a function of cover. So that 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 magnetic anomaly that sits along that stripe um, could represent uh, a significant, for instance, magnetite uh, occurrence again, which is indicative of a major alteration event. All those things align up to say we are in the right spot. We've got to, uh, next phase for Pitfield will be a, a further geochemical soil sampling. So not not a big expensive uh, uh, exploration program at Pitfield, you know, in, in the next few months. Uh, we want to be drilling there, uh, you know, probably early next year though. Right, okay. Stavely, mm -hmm. Stavely, the same thing. We're going to do a, We've got regional exploration, regional um, magnetics, government-run magnetics over 200 metre uh, line lines uh, at Stavely. We'll need to come back in and do another aeromagnetic survey. But, uh, you know, it's $150,000 Aussie, right? £75,000 to do that. It's, this, is, this is high value, low cost, early exploration. Uh, Walton. We've already got good geophysics. We know where the greenstone belts sit in that structure. 
it's it's a geochemical soil sampling and and uh, and mapping geological mapping program to start with. So what we're not you know filling up the uh, the buckets of cash and just pouring them out the the door at the moment. What we're trying to do is be very smart. So we're de-risking, de-risking by by a being in Australia in the first place and having confidence in in the title. B having a choice over the assets that we manage and see we're putting and you mentioned the team we're putting together the, the you know a team a, a capable team to deliver on all of that right so you get all the, the surface way so you, you're trying to be smart with the money that you're using and and, and how that's allocated so you kind of move this forward so a lot of work at surface but you know you know what it's like with um retail market um and the market more broadly is it's when you start drilling that people get a little bit more excited. That that's that's when they start listening. So, given the number of projects that you've got, and given the you know you're not cash constrained anyway, you're able to do what you want to do. But at your at some point, you need to say, well, we have prioritised these targets. These are the ones that we want to go after, and this is how much we need for that. Do you park up some of the? The, the less prioritized projects, or do you, you know, look for partners to kind of come in here? Because you can't move everything forward at the same pace, can you? Of course not, and I, and I agree. But what we have to do, I think, is get a better handle. So I talked earlier about the fact that, uh, you know, a lot of our, uh, our, our current shareholders and, and other people that are looking at us are going, well, you know, what is, what is Empire about? What have you got? And uh, quite frankly... Uh, you know, we haven't been able yet to, to advance, you know, with this early exploration phase. It, it, it's a great opportunity and very exciting to be an early explorer. But the downside of that is that you can't go out to the market and say, hey, we've, we've got a copper, nom you know, we've got a copper deposit or we've got a gold, you know, uh, outcrop here. We know we have, uh, some, you know, substantial gold targets at Jindalbi Eclipse. That's where we're drilling. We're managing that drill program now to try and get the best extension of those resources. And so we have news flow, you know, in the short term coming out of Eclipse and Dalby. You know, we'll probably be looking to do other programs there in the coming months as we build that. Right. But, hmm. but once we identify something at Pitfield, you know, that focus could easily shift to say, right, well, we need to put a couple of exploratory holes in eventually at Pitfield. We need to know what we're, we're sitting on. And um, trying to predict what we might find and then trying to predict, do we go to a major? You know, do we go to a BHP? Do we go to Rio and say, hey, look, look at where we're sitting on here. You know, it's, it's a 20-kilometre uh, magnetic anomaly. It's not, I mean, that is, you know, massive. If that's, if that's copper, you know, if there's a copper deposit adjacent or involved in that, uh, in that anomaly, then we, you know, we will be able to get on the radar of, of, of a lot of the bigger players. But how do the bigger players view this, right? Because if, uh, again, if I, I come back to messages in the market, and there's lots of companies out there, lots of white noise, and you're competing in, in that environment, right? Anomalies and targets come and go, discoveries are hard, right? So if you said to a, a, a major or a larger company with a bigger balance sheet, hey, we've got this magnetic anomaly here, is that the point they get interested or do you need to have a certain number of holes in these things to get them excited? In which case, you know, how far away are you from that? So, so historically, BHP, CRA, which now belongs to part of, you know, Rio Group, 
Mount Isa Mines uh, and Kennecott have all had a look at this particular license area and done, you know, a, a certain amount of, let's say, superficial work. Now, clearly in those days, they must have had other priority targets or, or, or budgets because they've all moved on, uh, you know, from that early phase. And, and, you know, this thing sat dormant for quite a while. The fact that that, you know, their, their senior exploration people were drawn to this area in the first place without any of these holes or, or, or discovery holes already in place tells us that, you know, the science is there. We're in the right area. I don't want to give anything up too early. I don't want to go out there and hands on, you know, and, and, and knock on these doors and say, hey, we've got an anomaly. Would you like to do something with us? I, I want to be able to sit there and say, oh, I'm going to put a hole into this thing. I'm going to put holes into this thing once we're confident, once we're confident that it's, you know, it, it's worth the expense and that we, are, you know, have a, a high possibility, a probability of, of hitting something. So uh, that's that's where we'll add value to our shareholders, I think, immediately. We will get value at the end of the drill bit, not not by necessarily going out and doing farming deals or, or you know, neurology exercises saying, oh, look at us, you know, BHP are, uh, you know, have come in and put their arms over the shoulder and said, we'll take over from here on, you know. I think we're better off doing the work, doing the science. I agree entirely with the fact that having four large portfolios is a, is a, is a logistical challenge, and that's why it's important that we bring together, you know, a, 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 a really good team who understand exploration. You know, we, we don't need miners yet. We don't need uh, mine geologists yet. We need explorers, and that's what we're, we're focusing on. Okay, well, the only reason I'm sort of asking this is obviously, again, because of the legacy issues, I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to say, well, how, how would do people view you? Because obviously, um, gave Austria a go, didn't work out. Gave Georgia a go, didn't work out. Now folks on good jurisdiction. Okay, I, I, I get the good jurisdiction here. But it kind of needs to work this time, or perhaps you're not going to get you know, the attention that you, that you want. So um, talk to me about the team. It's like, you know, is this the same team that, that worked in Austria and Georgia? Or, you know, maybe sort of point me towards, you know, who on the teams will one actually doing some work, not just a nameplate, you know, not just the, there for the name, but actually doing the work. And, you know, where are the successes that you can point to in the past? The team, I guess, starts, apart from myself, who have been with the, you know, working in gold industry now for about 25 years out of, out of nearly 40 years in the mining industry. So my, my focus is not as a geologist. I'm more of a project developer. What I can say about the, the, the board of Empire is, is the chairman, Neil O'Brien, ex-VP or, or director of exploration for London Mining. So, you know, he... He comes, he's a PhD in, in, you know, in geology. So we've got technical expertise at the very highest level. The team we're building together here in, in Australia at the moment consists of a couple of geologists on, on the, on, on staff and part time staff as well. So one of the vendors who bought the century projects to us, Ed Voltus, is working with us now for, uh, and has been for the last 12, 18 months. Uh, Ed is ex uh, exploration VP for Goldfields, and prior to that with Western Mining, that that was sort of taken out by by uh, BHP a few years ago. So 
So Ed is sort of heading up a lot of the strategy. We also have uh, Louisa Stokes. Louise is a PhD uh, student currently at Curtin University, but she does all the the interp and is working with us now on some of the, uh, the more structural uh, aspects of the, uh, particularly the Giandalbi area around the clips of Giandalbi. The rest of the team at the moment is mainly provided through groups of consultants that we use. For instance, the geophysics work that we've just done at Pitfield were done by specialist geophysics. The work we'll do at uh, Stavey will be similar in the geophysics area. So at the moment, we, uh, we're not putting in um, you know, a massive number of, of you know, drill supervision type geologists. We're just simply using uh, you know, consultants for that. We will move forward over the next six to 12 months as these assets start to get worked to build a stronger, uh, you know, permanent team. Right. So there's some folks there who are working and there's some who are in the background as and when required. Um, Because obviously you don't want a massive GNA at this point either. Um, So you focus on the exploration component. Um, I get it. But again, you you get my point with regards to, you know, you kind of need to go to the market with you know, success now, right? You've two two things which have not quite worked out. It's expiration, I understand it, but you know what I mean? The mar- market is, is unforgiving in a way. You, you need success. So the process that you go through needs to not necessarily be the right one geologically or for the company, but it's got to be the right one for the company in terms of the market. So again, how, how do you get that balance between doing what you actually probably want to do in the right way versus having to slightly navigate that need to have some positive news in the market? Again, I think the, the focus that we have is to, you know, with a portfolio of four projects or four camps, the reality is that each of those are at a different phase of its development. So if you come again back to uh, CLIPS, our initial uh you know, beachhead. Uh, you know, we've 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 done over eleven thousand meters of drilling. You know, that's a mature. That's that is clearly a very mature exploration project for us. Do we continue to drill it? I don't think it's necessary. I think what we'll probably end up doing with Eclipse is start to put together resource models, start to try and analyze it. The Jindalbi Eclipse is part of a bigger picture, the bigger Jindalbi zone. So everything we've learnt from Eclipse, all the lessons that have been learnt about the direction of the shear and the nature of the gold mineralisation, we can apply that to all the mineralised trends along the Jindalbi licence. So there was over 100 old artisanal shafts across that licence. All of them tend to sit on these northwest structures, these shears. And so we sort of now have a much better understanding of where we need to start looking and, and start drilling. So, so 11,000 metres, I mean, so how much, in your, in your current case, you, you've got 11,000 metres on, on Eclipse. So how much money did that cost? Uh, there's been four campaigns. The expenditure to date on that, I could only give you a guess off the top of my head because a lot of that, three of the campaigns were run before I joined the company. We did one major uh, diamond drilling campaign at the start of this quarter, or this the first quarter of this year. That was about a three hundred thousand Australian dollar campaign, and I've just uh, the last drilling campaign in Eclipse. We probably spent another eighty thousand, so about four hundred thousand dollars spent in the last uh, in the last twelve months. Prior to that, uh, 
the previous drilling, I couldn't tell off the top of my head what was okay. But, but so, so four hundred thousand got you how many? But meters? generally, you know, generally it's uh, average. Let's say it's fifty dollars a a meter. So not all in, all in. Mm -hmm. Wow, yeah. I've never heard anything so low. Okay, well, including assays, not including assays. That's the drilling. That's uh, no, not no, not including the assays. But the assays are, are, are not going to add that much more to the. For the cost. Okay, interesting. So four hundred thousand bucks got you how many meters? Just I'm just trying to do some more numbers. Well, that was diamond. So nine hundred meters of that was diamond. Okay. Yep. And uh, the last campaign I've done is uh, about twelve hundred meters. Twelve hundred meters. Okay, interesting. Okay, so the company has raised a, 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 a stack of money in the past to kind of obviously deliver 11,000 meters just on the Eclipse project. Okay, understood. Um, I, I, I guess I should um, go and try and work out how, how much that is. And then um, with um, Jindalby, the idea would be to just do a little bit more work on that using some of the, the data that you've got out of the Eclipse project. So you, have you allocated a budget to that or is it a case of, you know? Jindalby, uh, the, the agreement there is that we would extend for 18 months. Uh, there's a payment of 250000 Australian dollars to do so. That, that needs to... Uh, we need to finalise that decision uh, by the end of August. Yeah, and when was that uh, for? What's that for? Just on on the extend so the option. Extends, yeah, so that's a the Jindalby arrangement is a tribute agreement whereby we have uh, the rights to explore, uh, you know, develop and, and you know produce from the license. Uh, but um, you know, we we we. We struck that deal on the basis that we would have a six-month window to go in initially, and, and we had a guarantee to spend another, uh, you know, two hundred fifty thousand, which we've done at Jindalby, and then we um, we extend it again by two hundred fifty thousand dollars for eighteen months, and a minimum commitment of another two hundred fifty thousand dollars. So there's a there's a requirement that we'll have to do another drill program there or or surface exploration work. Over the next eighteen months. Okay, so that that, that money is going on, on the ground in the ground. Not it's not a payment for an option or anything like that. It's it'll go to produce data, which you can use. Basically, we yeah. Okay. It's it's, it's a, the two hundred fifty that we put in is is going into the ground. Got it. Perfect. 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 Okay. And what's the what's the kind of budget? Uh, obviously, we told us how much money you've got. So what, what's the budget for the the rest of this year? And what does what does that kind of get you in terms of announcements to the market? Because you're you're quite good at talking to the market. Lots of press releases. But what 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 do you want to be talking about by the end of this year? By the end of the year, I would like to have completed the next phase of surface work on the pit field because I think this magnetic we've got the magnetic survey back, but we're still waiting for the uh, detail from the uh, airborne electromagnetic survey, which was a, a, a much more extensive survey over the entire license area. Um, so once we have that, that'll pinpoint for us at least what the what the basement looks like and what you know where the superficial cover sits, if you like. There's a, there is a, a, a topographic high, it's a ridge. We can see, uh, you know, we can map the geology on that, but it very much disappears under under soil and, and it's farmland. So the farmers are still out there with crops. It's it's not the easiest thing in the world to do, a, you know, to, to, to get anything out of surface mapping. So you have to look at the basement. And we have to get in eventually and drill to see what's below. 
Uh, as I said, I don't don't intend to put rigs onto pit field this year. I, I think we need to do more work. Both Walton and Staveley are still going through the final application processes, so we've got no, you know, we 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 have a, a planning to be able to get onto those leases by the end of the year, early next. Got it. That, okay, so it's it's le- it's kind of less busy than. Um, I, I probably appreciate it because um, it seems like a lot going on for a small company. But the reality is, um, Pitfield a little bit more surface work to do. Stay in Walton, still got to go through some approvals. Um, so the focus is Eclipse and Grindalby, um with the, with the budgets, and you kind of just describe and outline what you what you're going to do there. So I think that's actually probably better. Um, can we can we just talk about um, if, if you don't mind um, the the you know, what you told us what we what, what you want to try and achieve for the rest of the rest of this year. So like if I was if I was if you're talking to a new bunch of retail, I mean, how do you dis- describe yourself? This is pure play exploration and that's what you do best, or does this thing, do you hope to kind of move into kind of a de- development phase as it were? Have you got, kind of got the team for that? Your project manager, I get it, but what's the rest of the team feel about it? It's a conversation that we've had certainly at the board level is what sort of, uh, you know, where do we get the best, you know, how do we deliver value in, in the, you know, near term to the to the shareholders rather than set some, you know, lofty goal that, that might be, you know, 10 years in the making again. So I think, you know, our focus is is and the message we've delivered is that we're currently an exploration play. We are we are looking for a discovery. What we do once we have that discovery is is something that we'll have to sit down and a uh, you know look at the merits of you know what have we found? Is it copper? Is it more gold? Is it a base metal discovery? Is it um, is it something that we have the expertise or we feel we have the expertise? To develop, or is it something we're going to need a major or, or, or a partner to come in on? So all those things have to be. I think it's uh, you know horses for courses. We have to sit there and see what we've got and make decisions. But we're not, you know, we're not precious about. I guess the important message here is that we're not, you know, we're ambitious, but we're not precious about. Hey, we found something. We're going to build it. We're going to develop it. We're going to build a company that you know we're going to be a copper company or we're going to be something. I think we have to sit there and say, what are, you know, what is the market telling us? What are the shareholders talking to us about? Where do they want us to go with with a, you know, with this asset? Um, and who best to develop it? I'm hoping we're going to have choice. You know, you know, I'm, I'm not. I, I don't want to be a one-trick pony and just sit there and go, oh, we've got this gold thing at Eclipse and Jindal. We're we're drilling it. I, I want to have choice on the table to say we've got other uh, prospects. We can turn those prospects into, you know, uh, you know, resources, and the resources then we can look to see who might come in who would develop a resource. Uh, you know, who's best suited to take it to the next level? Is it us or is it a major? Know who you are. No, I totally agree with that one. Um, and just sort of one last thing in terms of your your view of, of, of the market, and given that you know you, you have to sort of dip in and out, and you've been around the block a bit, do you think? Um, Copper projects are going to be easier to fund going forward than gold projects. Uh, easy is probably a difficult. I, I, I'll put that into context. I think a copper development, by its very nature, needs to be of a greater scale. You need you need a, you need scale um, to make it work. Um, gold, you can get away. You know, a lot of people are making little gold projects and, and making 
you know, turning around maybe 12, 18 months, two years, and but, but putting money into the into the into their bank. So we're you know we're dealing in a different type of world. But my my thoughts would be copper is becoming a, a an, an attractive uh, commodity for the majors to have, as opposed to coal or uh, you know some of the other. Uh, elements you know you turn the tv on in australia the mining industry is booming we've got Glen, glencore running adver- adverse bhp running adverse you know copper 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 you know they're promoting it it's the, the it's the new green so i like copper i think it's a great industry for us to pursue i think it's a great commodity i think it will it will allow us if we can put together a, a you know a copper gold target to, to stand up and be recognised by not only the market, but but as we talked earlier about some of these majors, um, you know, it's 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 I think uh, you know, I think it's where we should be, you know, that's why we're looking in the areas we're looking. 